0: Amen. Sure appreciate the good words we've heard. Also appreciate Brother Jim's prayer, mentioning our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. It's constantly on my mind. I'm constantly thinking about that, trying to share some of the emails that I've been getting from people on the ground that are over there. So hope to share some more of that with you next week. But please continue to pray for those dear brothers and sisters over there who are are having such a difficult time in the face of, of, of war. And never forget that Satan is behind what that man is doing. Uh, you know, he may not be whispering in his ear and telling him, you do this and do that. But Satan is behind that movement, ultimately stifling religious freedom. That's that's what it is. If it's a tyrant or a president of a country like Russia, or if it's been a Hitler in the past, or a, or a Stalin, all of those guys, it's ultimately the goal is to stifle the kingdom of God. So please continue to pray for them, if you would, and appreciate that prayer, Brother Jim. All right, if you would turn in your Bibles, I want to begin this morning in 1 Peter 2. And this is another one of our messages in the Lost Truth series. And I, don't, I can't tell you why I keep these things keep coming to me. It may go on forever, who knows? <laughs> but some of these things keep coming to me, like church worship from last week and so forth. I believe it's of the Lord, and this is a lost truth. 1 Peter, and we'll begin looking in chapter 2, verse 12. The lost truth of suffering. And when I say suffering, I'm, I'm not talking about just any type of suffering. I'm talking about suffering for serving the Lord, which is something that we are just not familiar with. It is a lost truth. I've told you before that the last account of religious persecution in the sense of physical persecution was in America before it was America. Uh, Obadiah Holmes, who was a Baptist minister who was whipped and beaten publicly and was in pain for months and it affected him for the rest of his life from a health standpoint. But that is the last account of physical persecution in the United States of America. So, I mean, that's been uh, several hundred years ago. We do not understand this lost truth of suffering. And I'm telling you, this is not something that where you set up a situation so you can experience it. That That's not... Suffering for serving God, where you, you know, like the pawns on a on a chessboard that you set this up so it will, you know, bring suffering to you. That's not how this works. There are different types of suffering in the scripture. You can, as Peter puts it, you can suffer for doing foolish things. We want to talk specifically about the lost truth of suffering for serving God. Let's read in first Peter two. We'll begin in verse twelve. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God that with well doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Listen to the language, especially how it relates to government. Honor all men. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. In our circumstance today, it would be honor the president. Respect the person who's in that office, regardless of whether it's one you voted for or not. Servants. Be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully... You see, that is something that God approves of when we suffer for serving Him. It does not mean that He sends the situation to you. But the situation, because of the nature of man... It will come to you if you serve him. I've given you the example before of playing receiver or running back, which was what I played in high school. You know, when you get the ball, you don't have to instruct anybody to come after you. <laughs> the other team is coming after you to tackle you. See? It's not some kind of conspiracy between the teams. Oh, you know, we'll work this out amongst ourselves and you go to the right, and my guy will be there on the other team to, to tackle you, and he'll let you down easy. That's not how it works. They're trying to kill you, see? In the greater sense of serving God, the Lord is pleased when we respond in a way that honors Him to the things that come at us, okay? That's a very important line to draw. Don't get lost in the the way in which the things come at you (laughs) because the devil's going to take care of that. The wicked of the world are going to take care of that. God doesn't do that. You see, but you'll read the accounts in the scripture of when men and women and children suffered wrongfully for serving God. You know, it, it's not like God sent those people to them to do what they did. God didn't send uh, Joseph's brothers to him to try to kill him. <laughs> they just did what their nature was. You see, that's a very important distinction to understand. So he says, for what glory is it when you be buffeted for your faults, you shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. This is a lost truth. This was coming from a man, Peter, who understood exactly what he was talking about. Peter was a guy who had definitely suffered for his own faults, had he not? (laughs) Think about when he denied Jesus and he went out and he wept bitterly. That is a category that we're not talking about here today. What glory is it when you suffer for your own faults and take it patiently? We're talking about suffering for serving God. Listen, there's a special experience for a child of God in the fire. There's just no doubt about it. Literally, you could think about the three Hebrew children who experienced Christ in the fire when they went into the literal fire. But the fire is coming. Make no mistake about it. The fires of persecution are coming to the children of God. Do not let that make you afraid. Condition your mind for this. Because that is the char- that has been the primary characteristic of the church of God for centuries, is persecution. You know, it gets hotter every day. The world grows more hostile towards God's children by the hour, by the minute. You know, it can be as... Simple as a knee-jerk reaction of a young woman in a classroom when a wicked man wielding an assault rifle comes in and says, who here is a Christian? And that sweet, dear, young child of God, just knee-jerk reaction, I am. And he blows her away. It can be as obvious as that. Or it can be as subtle as getting the cold shoulder, which some of you have probably experienced Because you don't go along with everybody that is vaping and smoking weed and drinking and partying and fornicating, just getting a cold shoulder for standing for that type of truth. That is suffering for serving God. Okay? It can be as obvious as in the days of the Roman circus, which is not a circus you wanted to be invited to as a guest. (laughs) In the days of the Roman circus, when they would take Christians and they would literally, history shows, throw them into the lion's den and the lions or the even the crocodiles or other animals, leopards and different things, would devour them and kill them. That's pretty obvious, is it not? Or it can be as subtle as somebody unfriending you online for making pro life comments, you know, anti-murder comments. So this can take many different forms, but the bottom line is it's a special category. And the reason, listen, the reason I mention those extremes is because we're all pretty much on the lower end of that, right? (laughs) Somebody giving you the cold shoulder for not drinking and vaping and smoking and running around and carrying on. Say, no, you know, I gotta be at church on Sunday. You know, I've got to study my Bible instead of doing those things, or I gotta be in in a place that's gonna be safe for me and to honor God. And are being unfriended online because you take a stand for the scripture. That's pretty much where we are. (laughs) But we need to condition our mind on this lost truth to know where things can go. So listen to Jesus' words to Paul. These words resound to me in Acts 9. These words that Jesus says regarding Paul. Acts 9, and this is in verse 15, and we're jumping right in the middle of this. Paul has been born again, he's Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus going to kill Christians. Jesus borns him again. He doesn't ask permission. He doesn't ask to get in his heart, as I've said time and time again. He takes him because he's a chosen child of God. He borns him again. And then Jesus goes to Ananias, and he says, I want you to go and and baptize Paul. I want you to go lay your hands on him. He'll receive his sight and baptize him. And, of course, Ananias says, are you sure? Is this not the guy we hear that's got warrants to arrest all of us and put us in jail and kill us? You see, Jesus... Gets that from Ananias. And in response to that, verse 15, Jesus says this. Go thy way to Ananias, for he, Paul, is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Now watch the language, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. That's some kind of sales pitch, isn't it? Come follow the Lord And you'll be rewarded with riches, glory, all these different things of men. (laughs) Like some of the things like prosperity, Brother McNeil was talking to us about. You'll be rewarded with suffering. That's some kind of sales pitch, isn't it? Come follow the Lord and suffer. The Lord says, I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Now that's the key right there. He's not talking about suffering for something terrible or Are foolish that Paul did. He's talking about suffering for serving the Lord, bearing the name of God. And I submit to you, this is more than just what a preacher does. This is not just left for preachers. Now, look at Acts 15, Just uh, excuse me, Acts 5, just a couple pages back over. And this is an example of that. Now, this is Peter. Okay, this is Peter. We're going to get back to Paul in just a minute. But I want you to see the things, some of the things that they suffered. Acts 5 and verse 17. In response to Peter and one of the other apostles preaching the word of God and telling them about Jesus, it says, The high priest rose up, Acts 5 and 17, and all they that were with them, which was the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. (laughs) You see, these men were imprisoned for preaching the word of God. And you think about how fresh and how new that message was. Jesus, within days, maybe less than a month, has risen from the grave and gone back to heaven. And the church of God, the men of God, the women of God, the people of God are already suffering for serving God. And just within a few days. You see, the characteristic of the church of God has been to suffer through the ages, okay? It's the blood of the saints that, like a river, has flowed down through the centuries. And sustain the church of God. They'd kill more of the saints of God or torture more of them and more people would follow the Lord. That doesn't make any sense. It cannot be stamped out because the Holy Spirit of God is carrying it forward in the hearts of God's children. That's a kingdom that the presidents and the dictators of this world cannot touch. And so here they put the apostles in jail Look at verse 19, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, go stand and speak in the temple to the people, all the words of this life. And they went into the temple and began to preach right back there where they'd been arrested, right in the very spot. So the assembly comes together or the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they say, what are we going to do with these guys? And so they said, call them from the prison. They're not there. The angel of the Lord has let them out. And it says in verse 25, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. And then went the captain with the officers, verse 26, brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest said, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? You know, it's funny, they won't even hardly say the name Jesus. They can't bring themselves to even say His name. <laughs> Do not teach in this name. Did we not tell you, behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us? They can't say the name Jesus. Then Peter and the other apostles answered, and you listen, listen carefully. Peter said this, we ought to obey God rather than man. That's simple, isn't it? Now, for the most part, we obey the laws of the land. And throughout history, Christians that were following the Lord in discipleship have been the best citizens of any nation. That's a historical fact. In Rome, they slaughtered the Christians and slaughtered them. They were the best taxpayers. They were the most law-abiding citizens. And finally, it dawned on one of the Caesars one of the emperors down the road, these guys are some of the best that we have among us, and they keep growing. (laughs) So... We are to obey the laws of the land until the law of the land conflicts with the law of God. You see? So if the law of the land comes to you like it it has come to children of God in a place like China, and the law of the land says, you have to, by law, abort your child. You have to do that by law. That's a place where we ought to obey God rather than man. You hear me? If the law of the land says one day, which it will, you cannot speak the name Jesus in the public sector. You know, people are afraid to do it now, okay? Because of so-called political correctness, which is so funny almost to think about something, anything correct coming from politics. Are you kidding me? See, that is Satan's lie to keep you quiet, Now, when you speak up, you should not be ugly and you should not be vitriolic like the the people online are doing, constantly pointing a finger and arguing with each other. That's not what we're here for. We don't find where the preachers did that. They just preached the Word of God and spoke it in love, and Satan's going to react in the way that he reacts. The wicked are going to react in the way that they react, like these men right here do. But the idea of political correctness and the idea of, well, we just can't, you know, there's no place, there's no voice for spirituality in politics... I'm telling you, that's the place that the voice of spirituality has needed the worst. <laughs> it's so corrupt. You, see, you look at it and you say, there's no hope for it. There is hope for any situation when we look to the Lord. You see? So speak the things of God. If you feel in your heart and your mind right now, well, because of the way circumstances are, I just better not speak up. Then Satan has accomplished his goal of getting you to be quiet. It is time for the people of God to speak the things of God, to talk about the things of God, to talk about why we must be as children of God, pro-life and anti-murder of the unborn, why we must be pro-marriage, which is the word of God definition of marriage, why we must not fall into the trap of gender confusion and all of the, it just seems insane that any, that some of these issues are out there. You know why? Why? It's not because Satan mounted great forces and began to attack and began to try to change people's minds. It's because children of God like us just don't speak up about it. You see? In a loving way. We've just been quiet. We've never said anything because we're afraid to. You say, well, Brother Tim, if I speak up, I may suffer. Bingo. You just discovered the lost truth of suffering. Suffering for speaking the things of God. Peter said we ought to obey God rather than man. Okay. I mean, think about it. How's this going to happen? How are we going to discover that truth? We're going to not be afraid, to not fear, and speak the things of God when we have the opportunity to. It might be in a, across the table from somebody that you eat with, that you love and care about. It might be in, a, in an FCA meeting where we come together with a bunch of young men. And I'm always thinking, you know, how far should I push this? You know, how far should I go with telling them about the consequences of fornicating, of vaping, of, of smoking marijuana, and the psychotic effect that it has on the mind, and all of these different things. How far should I go with it? And I just say, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I'm going to go where your spirit leads me. I keep expecting to hear that call one day. Some parent says, one of those FCA guys said something, I did not you know. I fully expect that. And look, if you're nervous here today, if you're nervous, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I feel convicted to speak out. Don't worry. Okay, just relax. There's 10,000 messages on a podcast that I've preached about these things. They're coming after me first, okay? They're not coming after you. they are just talking about it over the table with somebody. They're coming after me. Go listen to the podcast. I have nothing to hide. So relax. They're going to get you after they get me, okay? Maybe you'll come bail me out when they get me. I'm trying to lighten it up a little bit here. Y'all are still kind of a little scared looking. <laughs> so Peter said, we ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be prince and A Savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey them. Now you think, well, surely they got it now. Surely they'll get it. No, they don't have the Spirit of God in their heart. And when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and they took counsel to slay them. They wanted to kill them for preaching this. And he goes on there they have an account with one of their leaders that gives them some very wise counsel and in verse 40 it says to him they agreed and when they had called the apostles and beaten them See, can you picture that they I mean I don't, I don't I don't like violence and some of the stuff that circulates around that pops up on my phone you know where somebody's falling on their face or falling off a rail and Now, I can watch the ones where the guys are doing foolish things. They're jumping or, you know, trying to make some kind of big take, you know, take a big leap and do something. I mean, that's their own fault if they bust it. But, you know, when somebody's just walking along and wow, I just can't even stand to see that. (laughs) I just don't want to see it. You know, I I X that one out. It's just a little too, I'm just like, man, that could be me. (laughs) That truck could have almost hit me. That almost hit that little toddler. I just can't stand stuff like that. And I think about this. They took sticks or their fists. And they just began to wail on these guys. Pow, pow, pow. They started beating them. They're just sitting there being beaten. That's not very pleasant, is it? I mean, it doesn't even sound like they were capable or able to defend themselves. There were so many men, so many people coming at them. That's terrible, isn't it? Let's file a lawsuit. Let's make a police report. (laughs) And so it says after that, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. Now, Verse 41, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Can you picture that? Oh, Peter looks over here on his shoulder, this bruise on his shoulder. He goes, oh man, I think I dislocated my shoulder. Oh, praise God. I'm worthy of God suffering for his name's sake. Yeah, my finger's broken. You know, put it back in place. Praise God. I'm worthy of suffering for the name of Jesus. That is a whole different mentality, is it not? And somebody says, well, you know, if we'd have been in the presence of Jesus, I could feel that way. Child of grace, the holy comforter is here. You are in the presence of Jesus. He's just here in the spirit, you see? See, so you know, if he broke his finger, he straightened his finger back up and he fixed his shoulder from being dislocated, you know, pops his knee back into place. And they go out, praise God. And they go preaching the word of God again. You know, we, we think about that from a natural standpoint and say, I, I don't think I'm going to do that again. <laughs> But not them. Daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to preach and to teach Jesus. Isn't that glorious? Look at Acts the 14th chapter. I can see I'm going to run out of time on this one this morning. We're going to come back to it because I'm not even halfway through what I want to get through. So relax. You know, we're not, I won't keep you past 1230. Everything's good. So Acts the 14th chapter, we swap over to the Apostle Paul. And I'm going to give you a summary here of Acts 14. The Apostle Paul goes into a particular area. He begins to preach and the Jews don't like it. Very much like what they reacted to Peter. So they don't like it. And so they, they get together a conspiracy and they're going to attack and try to kill Paul and the guys that he's traveling with. And so you know what they do? They leave. They go to the next town. And so after the, they're going to make this assault on Paul, they flee to Lystra and Derby. This is Acts 14 and 6. Here's what I want you to get. Notice in verse 5, it says they were going to stone Paul. They were going to stone him. They were going to pick up stones and throw rocks at him until he died, okay? So Paul flees this area to go to another area because of the threat of stoning. Are y'all with me? (laughs) And so when he gets to this other area, he comes to this place. In verse 8, there was a man who was impotent in his feet. He was a person who couldn't walk. He was crippled, and he never walked. And so Paul, by the Spirit of God and by the grace of God, perceived that this was a child of God, and he said, stand upright on thy feet. This is verse 10. And he leaped and he walked. And the people see this, you know, they're, that's amazing. They lifted up their voices. In verse 11, you think, this is great. There's fixing to be revival come to this city. And it says, the people said, in verse 11, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. You see how ignorant these people are? They don't know anything about Jesus. And they called Barnabas Jupiter. And they called pa- Paul Mercurius. Mercury Mercury was the messenger of the gods Hermes is another name for him Jupiter would be Zeus Okay, if you want to interchange those names So they called Barnabas Jupiter And they called Paul Mercury Because he was the chief speaker Which is what Mercury was And then the priest of Jupiter shows up This is going to a bad place, right? I mean, can you imagine these are ministers of God? I mean, can you imagine if when we went over, Brother McNeil mentioned Africa. You know, if we had gone over to Africa and Brother Neil and I were over there preaching, or Brother Mike, some of those guys, or Brother John Mark, you know, we're over there preaching and we're telling them about the things of God. And they say, oh, this guy's Mercury. We're going to call him Mercury. I'd be like, oh, no, don't call me Mercury. I mean, I don't want you to call me that. I'm, I'm Tim. I'm just, I'm a nobody. I'm just a preacher, just a messenger. They called these guys gods. They thought they were gods. And the priest of Jupiter comes and brought oxen and garlands to the gates and would have done sacrifice. They were going to kill a bull and sacrifice it in the name of Jupiter who they thought was Barnabas and and in the name of of Paul who they thought was Mercury. And when the apostles saw this, they ripped ripped their clothes. They said, stop. Stop this nonsense. And they ran in among the people. Watch this now. This is a frenzy of people. And they said, sirs, why do you do these things? Verse 15. We also are men like you. We preach unto you that you should turn from these things. Isn't that ironic? The very thing that they were trying to set them free from, they're going back to do that and honor Paul and Barnabas in that way. It sort of doesn't make any sense, does it? It's not the goal being accomplished here. And it says... We are preaching to you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and made earth and the sea and all things that are are therein, who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heaven, fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. These are all good things he's saying. And with these sayings, they scarce restrained the people and they had not done sacrifice unto them. And there came some Jews from the previous town, Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people and having stoned paul did you catch that paul is the guy that just by the spirit of god got this uh, uh, by the miraculous uh, miracle of god you know this guy stands up and walked this never walked before now they're picking up stones and they're stoning him he left the last town because he was threatened to be stoned and now he's being stoned and they stone him so you say well that's it for paul right well naturally it would be it He's got gashes on his head, gashes on his body. Well, they, and I'm not just talking about little pebble, guys, you know, like you try to scare a dog away. They pick up stones and they hit him and they hit him and they hit him until he doesn't move. <laughs> God's not through with Paul. Now, you think in Paul's mind as he's laying there, oh, man, <laughs> you know, if I, do I have brain damage? <laughs> you think my Paul was laying there on the ground with blood coming out of his head? You think in the back of his mind, well... I guess this is what the Lord Jesus Christ wanted to show me. You remember? I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I'm telling you, that's what was on his mind. He had it in his mind. As he lay there, he said, well, I'm not dead. (laughs) Well, I'm not dead. And you know what it says? It says that he, after they stoned him, in verse... 19 it says the people having stoned Paul drew him out of the city carried him out of the city and probably was going to throw him in the trash pile supposing he had been dead howbeit as the disciples stood round about him can y'all picture that now there's Paul he's laying there he got gashes all over his head he's bleeding he's unconscious appears to be unconscious and they're just standing there going oh my goodness well this was a disaster we should have never come here we should have never preached this We should have never healed that guy. We should have never opened our mouth. It was not politically correct. I shouldn't have expressed my views about the Lord Jesus. Oh my goodness, what are we thinking? And then it says, he rose up. (laughs) Paul gets up and he came into the city and the next day he departed to another place and they continued to preach the gospel in another place. Now in all likelihood, at some point, somebody came back to that location and established a church there. Y'all remember Paul that you tried to kill He's still preaching over there in another location. Now, some of you may be saying, yeah, you know, if I could be guaranteed that when when I get stoned for standing up for the Lord that I'd rise up and walk again, (laughs) then I'm all for it. (laughs) Listen, you just need to hold on to the words that, that Jesus said about Paul. I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. That time is upon us. That time is here. I hope to continue these thoughts on Suffering for serving God. You could suffer for all types of things in this life. Most of what we suffer is because of the bad decisions we make or because of the depraved condition of the world, the broken world that we live in. But this is a special lost truth where we speak the things of God, we show forth the things of God, and we bring honor to His name. i leave you with the words of this hymn writer, George Keith from seventeen. 17- Eighty-seven. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of woe shall not thee overflow. For I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. What that means is, no matter what you face, or no matter what comes at you, if you're looking to the Lord and responding in the way that these apostles did to the adversity that comes that distress and that stuff that you deal with is going to be sanctified to you in a special way set apart to you in a special way let me tell you something you say well i want to start on that journey of suffering for serving the lord i am telling you there is no better way to start that than to come and be a part of the primitive baptist church (laughs) because you say well brother tim i I want to be successful well you want to be successful in the world you want to be successful in the kingdom He said, where do I start? You start by walking the aisle and joining the Primitive Baptist Church, the old church, the mother church, and becoming a part of the years and centuries of what the Lord has left here as a witness for Him. It's a witness of suffering. There's no better place to be and there's no better place to start in suffering for serving God than to come to the church of God and make that known. We give you that opportunity as we stand and sing.